Hello, and welcome to Wyverns and Weirdos Fathomless, the indie podcast set in the world of Pierre Law. I'm your Dungeon Master Darby, and joining me as always are Eddie playing Tibble, Mitch playing Nareth, Joe playing Alton, Laura playing Rue, Jake playing Fishman, Emily playing Cerise, and Zoe playing Loren. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off, the party, uh, the crew of the Polaris, um, reached Unkathair and and went into the city to deal with various things. Uh, Rue, Fishman, and Neris stumbled upon Cerise and Loren uh, on the docks, where there was a bit of a conversation about um, accelerating plans for an exchange of information to the late afternoon, early evening. Um, Tibble went to debrief with the heads of the Hydra command, while Alton had a conversation with an old friend. Um, so... Let's start with, um, let's start with Neris, Rue, and Fishman. What would the three of you be doing after having left your conversation with Lorraine and Cerise? So Rue would have been pretty quiet, like, after uh, presumably either Fishman or Neris would lead away from their favourite pals. Um, but then, like, after a couple of beats, we'd be like, So, you said you were friends with those people? Generally to Neris and Fishman. Friends is a strong term. <laughs> yes, well, it is quite strange. I mean, you... Didn't seem to want to spend time with them. No, we, I did not. Um, <clears throat> to catch you up to speed, they, when we were sailing to your island, they attacked us. Oh. Tried to take over our ship and we dealt with the problem and they now owe us a favor. Is that normal of all of your friends? It is not. It is most assuredly not. I can tell you that right now with no sense of hesitation. I see. Um, perhaps you're not familiar with the meaning, but when I do this, and he does the yes. air, fing air fingers again, it means it's not quite exactly what I'm saying. Yes, no, um, is it called that a euphemism? I think I misinterpreted what sort of euphemism it was. Oh, so when I went friends, what did you think? Well, I thought, you know, friends in bed, that sort of thing. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, my apologies. Absolutely not. Sorry, I made some assumptions there. So... When you, so instead, the quotation marks mean friends 
that we don't even like really that much. Is that more accurate? Or friends who have killed us or tried to kill us. Is that more accurate than friends with benefits? I believe you're getting there. Yes, on the right Good. track, I say. My Would you like an apple? Um, for my, for it's my all era. yours. It's all oh. yours. <laughs> Thank you. I think just until you grasp the intricacies of this particular language, whenever you see that symbol, just yeah. assume whatever information is encompassed in that symbol is mm -hmm. incorrect, and it means something else. Sarcasm, then. Could be. Could anything else. It does not. All you know is that that symbol mm -hmm. means it is not what is encompassed in that signal. That is the only thing that you know. And you need to understand the person that is giving you that signal. Yes. So that you understand what the word encompassed in that signal actually means. For oh. audio listeners, that signal is air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And for any <laughs> passerbys, these two men are like crowding around just doing air fingers. Or what's it called? What are they called again? Air, air quotes. Air quotes. Air just quotes. Around everyone. Air quotes. What's <laughs> air fingers like? Bruce just like nodding at both of them. I see. Well, then the, um, the natural thing there is that I should learn a bit more about both of you so that I can better interpret that symbol. Which he does with like. Very exaggerated big fingers, <laughs> but like all his fingers, not just the two, the, the air quotes fingers. That was very good. Thank you. Well, um, well, may I suggest then, if you two were local to this area, why not you? Why don't you show me where your favorite places are? That way, I'll get to know you two a bit better. think that is actually a very smart idea. Yes. And then I can interpret your sarcasm or otherwise better. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. However, mine might take a bit to get to. Oh. Well. Uh, what time of day is it at the moment? Uh, probably early afternoon. Hmm. Yes, um, I believe we'll have to wait until later this afternoon, closer to sunset, for me at least. Of course, that can be easily arranged. I have all the time in the world. There is then, where is your favourite place? We should what? go there together. Oh, um, <clears throat> I mean, I have um, a... I don't know about a favourite place, but there are a couple of places which I frequent whenever I am in town. Oh, well, I'd love to see them. Okay. I think it would be a good, good experiment, of course, so I understand your humour and sarcasm better. Yeah, yes, of course. Okay, 
Amber <clears throat> just kind of like bounces it a little bit, a little bit on like their heels, um, and just kind of like looks around, like like a little bird would, like just surveying their surroundings, and then looks back down at fish, not too far back down at Fishman, and a little bit further down at Nerus, with like bright eyes. Well, well um, if you want to, please follow me. Of course. Rue kind of like just bounces cheerfully along as much as a seven-foot-tall person can. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ham is just like doing its his absolute best to just like seek out every smell. And like, again, even though like the rope seems to be just like straining to the that degree of like that would give someone a little bit of stress, it Ham doesn't stray too far. <laughs> But yes, Ham is also just as bouncy, except perhaps a little bit more excited about potential food, which for a bullet is everything. But yeah, we will go along. This little trio. Uh, well, uh, Neris would take the two of them to uh, two places. The first one uh, would be probably to the centre of the town or, or close to the centre of the town. It's a very large building, the um, uh, the town's opera house or the, the, the large theatre that they have. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it looks. Um, it's a bizarre um, shape. From from the outset, it's almost got like this, almost um like a polyhedral centerpiece, um, uh, almost like um uh like D twelve like um so pentag pentagonal um surfaces, um. With a couple of uh, smaller offshoots um, around the edges, um, uh, and a um, kind of uh, almost awning-like structure over um, the top. What strange architecture. Indeed, uh, this is... Well, this is the uh, opera theatre uh, of Ancathia. <laughs> it is a place where one can go and experience emotions and feel and breathe life and death. Really? From the comfort of your own seat. This sounds like an incredible place. Feel and breathe and experience emotions. That's very interesting. <coughs> and this is all contained within this strange pentagonal shape. This building. That's incredible. Yes, well, there are um, many very talented individuals who are adept at expressing these emotions 
that they feel through through a story that they present to you. And it is less of reading a book as giving you a variety of experiences and emotions and passion. And you are able to just lose yourself in this life that is being presented to you. That sounds wonderful. And Ru is like looking very excitedly between like Nerys and Fishman and then back at like the theatre, like, oh, genuinely very excited about this. Um, eyes shining quite brightly. Do you come here often then to experience these feelings? Not as often as I would like, but enough. I find the theatre is somewhere where you can really just sort of just exist without any sort of preconceived notion of why you need to be, you just be. That sounds incredibly wonderful. I should very much like to experience this. This is a wonderful place to share. Thank you for showing us it. You're most welcome. I, um, I'm not sure if there is a performance when we are uh, here, but if there is, I'm sure it would be an interesting experience for you. I would very much appreciate. I would very much appreciate to do this. Is there a dress code? Technically, yes. Um, it is normally um, a formal sort of attire, but you can. That is not required. It is not Optional. written anywhere. I see. I do find clothing very interesting. There was not much imp- not, not much imported upon Acheron, but my mentor was quite fond of bright colours. Well, perhaps we can find something for you here. He looked excited before. Now he looks even more like here. Neris halts slightly at this uh, throwaway comment that has now turned into a very real thing that he now needs to follow up on. Um, <laughs> oh, no commitment. <laughs> anyway, the other place that I go to um, <clears throat> is just down the road. Um, of course. We shall go and investigate. Uh, Fishman, have you been to the opera before? Or the theatre? Would not be able to say, unfortunately. Can't say I have, but I feel like I have now after hearing what you had to say. Um, it's, it was, was very evocative. I could almost feel it just through hearing you describe it. It's You have quite a gift for that, actually. Thank you very much. Um, I should state as well, so you do not have any preconceived notions, Um 
it is not an experience for everyone. Um, it is a time commitment, and you are required to um, observe the story for a lengthy period of time. It's like an experiment, then. How exciting! Sounds even better. Indeed, you are watching a group of people conduct an experiment, and you are there to learn and make note of how that experiment makes you feel. Pam, I'm going to go to the theater. The room like like kind of straightens up as they incline towards Ham and just like just looks really cheerful. How exciting! Where is the next place? It is just um. Only a few minutes down the road. And um, Neris is going to lead these two down to the this little dingy kind of like hole-in-the-wall uh, shop um, that is a, uh, a place that sells uh, magic accessories and uh, magic and magic supplies, yes. if you will. Yes, the, uh, the Tidy Cerberus. Tidy Cerberus, yes. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, so it's... There There are a few magical supply shops around. Uh, you're aware of this. But there is, on, there is only one in Ankathia that deals with the sale of uh, magical items with any sort of regularity. Um... Mm. um so uh, you enter and see the uh, the figure of uh, Udalon Thane, um, and, um, a darker skinned uh, woman, um, uh, Nate, like. Appears to be like uh, a, a to be descended from um, uh, native Iali, um, and she uh, she greets you curtly, uh, curtly, is that right? But simply, uh, uh, Neris, which along? Who is your new friend, may I ask? This is Rule Friday. They are accompanying us on the Polaris for the time being. Pleasure to Pleased to meet you. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. This is Udalon Fine, owner of the Tidy Cerberus. Is there anything that you are wishing to procure today, Neris? I am simply having a browse. Have you had any um, new items since I have last been in? I've had a few, actually. I have one in particular that might be of interest to you, though it is on the expensive side. Uh, And she uh, produces this brass disc of articulated concentric rings and she 
presses um, into the center of it and it pops open, unfolding into an armillary sphere. It's uh, maybe a bit um, flamboyant to your tastes, but this, believe it or not, functions much like a spell book. It is particularly suited to the divinatory magic that you practice. Oh. Well, that is quite fancy. Um, <clears throat> he sort of looks at how shiny it is, um, and there's just a little... Like, you know, in... Uh, in like an anime, how like thoughts are like little word bubbles that just kind of float around. Mm. Just the word panache just kind of like pops up and floats behind Neris's head and it kind of shudders a little bit. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Well, <clears throat> that is definitely um, quite interesting. What, uh, what extra functions does it have for divining magics? Well, let me look this up. Um, hmm. I will say in the background, Ham is looking very interested around all the things in this shop. Oh, um, we need to leave. And <laughs> <laughs> Bruce kind of just like, just cautious to try to like, just, distract him and so now ham is instead looking at like um like at, at fishman and like anything he's got on him like any hip bags or anything like that just like just eyeing him very bevedly remembering the um fishman's initial attempt at approaching it okay. that's what ham is doing in the background um uh, so it has some spells included in it that um that are already inscribed into it um, but on top of that, it has three charges that can be used for uh, three charges that uh, it regains some of each day. Um, you can use a charge to spend a minute and um, replace one of your prepared spells with another spell known, um, though the new spell must be of the divination score. Um, and when a creature you can see within 30 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to expend one charge and force the creature to roll a d4 and apply the number rolled as a bonus or penalty to the original roll. You can do this after you see the roll, but before its effects are applied. That is quite a powerful artifact. Is um one of the more valuable things in my collection at the moment. Of course, and I'm sure it deserves to be. Is there anything else exciting that has appeared in this shop? Something a little more esoteric. Um, she produces a um a writhing crystal steeped uh in some sort of warped essence. Um, purple in hue, 
Um, and looks very strange. This, this is a shard of the Far Realm. As a benefits to those whose um, magic is innate. Interesting. What sort of benefits are you referring to? I don't know whether they'd necessarily be of use to you, but if you know a sorcerer, it um, makes some changes. Uh, when they make uh, use of uh, their uncanny knack for altering the way that their spells would typically function, um, they can... Uh, render... Some small sliver of insanity momentarily to an enemy, um, frightening them. Um, so basically, uh, mechanically, creature must uh, succeed on a charisma saving throw against your spell, save DC, or take psychic damage and become frightened of you until the start of your next turn. But it does require attunement by a sorcerer. Well, that is quite the item. Um, <clears throat> Neris sort of stops for a moment and kind of thinks, like squints, and you can see him, his eyes kind of flicking a couple of times. Not that it would be of any benefit to me. At least not innately. How much is that second item? Yeah, it's 800 gold. Interesting. Not that I would use it, but I'm sure that I would come across someone who would. And just being able to buy that so that one individual could not... <laughs> would almost be rewarding itself. Interesting. Um, on the lower end of the scale, um, I have a few other knickknacks. Um, so you see like a, it's a golden signet ring with the depiction of a rabbit's foot, um, an antiquated cone-shaped hat adorned with gold crescent moons and stars. A brass helmet with an aquamarine gem placed in the centre of the brow. Small metal medal with a raised depiction of a shell on it. Brown satchel with a golden clasp bearing an infinity symbol. A clear bottle that appears empty. A brooch resembling a pair of shields. A blue chest with a silver white latch. Uh, an earring fashioned from a... Or three, rather, earrings fashioned from... Each fashioned from a small blue crystal wrapped with a delicate copper wire. Uh, a forest green quiver with an intricate golden filigree on both ends. 
uh, a thick book bound in dark leather, crisscrossed with inlaid silver lines, suggesting a map or a chart. Uh, a sword fashioned from the horn of a crystal dragon. And a small token resembling a feather. Um, <clears throat> what's that chest? The, the little uh, chest. The blue chest with silver yeah. white wax. Um, ah, this is a chest of preserving. Um, basically, it's uh, it's an ice box, an esky kind of thing. Um, well, that would actually be very beneficial. Um, so food and perishable items do not decay, age or decay while inside it. Two and a half feet long, two and a, uh, one and a half feet wide, and one foot tall with a half-barrel lid. That particular item, um, how much is that one? Um, it is only a simple enchantment. It is uh, 20 gold. Oh. Very well. <clears throat> I'd very much like to uh, purchase uh, that item along with some uh, magical ink. I guess. Yeah. Any other supplies while you're here? I do not believe so. Um, <clears throat> I am actually in... Um, I'm looking for a new um, a new quill, if you have one. Uh, the one that I've been using is... Um, it's getting a little bit worn down, and while I have just been replacing the nib, I would like a new one. Um, I will have to ask around. I'm fresh out of quills, unfortunately. But ink I can do. Of course. Um, I do have some nibs, if you would like, while... Uh, it is while okay. I, I do have... Um, the, uh, the last nib that I have is uh, freshly uh, added, so ah. that will combine for a while. I just wanted to uh, come here and see if you had any before I go to the other stores around town that I now have them. Of course. But yes, I will um, uh, purchase some ink and the icebox. All right. Um, how much value of ink would you like to purchase? Well, how much is it for a spell as well? Because it's so, um, to inscribe a spell. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Um, is double fifty gold per level of spell. Cool. Um, well, we'll, um, we'll just get a hundred gold worth. All right. So that is 120 gold between the ink and the chest. Wonderful. Uh, Neris takes a hundred out of his personal funds uh, and 20 from the Polaris funds for the chest. Yeah. 
Um, a fishman, Ru, anything that piques either of your interests? Um, no, not particularly. I'm just bruising at the moment, having a look. All right. I must say, this is a very beautiful shop. Thank Do you sell any potions of any kind? Um, that I... would fortify the body? I don't have many heal in injury? at the moment, but I do, I think I might have um, just one potion of healing left. I would very much like to obtain that, if I may. All right. Um, that will run you uh, 50 gold. Thank you. I will take that. And I am also very interested in that little pendant with the feather on it. It looks like ah, home. Yes. Would I be able to inquire as to how much that might be, too? The uh, feather token is uh, 400 gold. Perhaps I will reconsider, but the potion very much. I would like that, please. All right. And you pay the 50 gold. She hands over the potion. The burger's like eyes kind of like flicker just momentarily when the problem, the fee of the feather, for the feather token is, is mentioned. Hmm. And they nod. Thank you very much. Um, sorry, what exactly does the feather token do? So, let me double check. I feel like there's a difference between this and a very other very similarly named thing. Um, so, the uh the feather token um this is a um what is this one yeah so this one is a let's double check uh because this one, uh, using this token, you can uh, toss it into the air and um, it will uh, produce a um, uh, simulacra of a rock uh, bird for a period of time. Is that of interest to you, Rue? I have never met a rock. I just like to look at the pendant. A uh, rock is akin to a uh, giant eagle. Oh, I can probably find a feather somewhere else, outside on the ground, and that will look just as nice. No offense. Understood. Um. Right. Fair enough. And then, yeah, he'll go back to perusing. Yeah. All right. Um, Tibble, was there anything you were doing out and about before meeting back up? Um, so, Tibble, he, after leaving the um, chambers of the Hydra. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure my cat doesn't tangle in the cords that are hanging around for recording. Um, 
Tibble would most likely, um, I think he'd probably wanted to market um, only to get a couple of small gifts for um, Kara, like trinket-like things, um, little mementos, just things she would like, um, nothing of real sort of import. Um, and then would return back to um, the ship. Uh, when he does return to the ship, he does make his way um, down to where the kitchens are, um, where Kara is. And when he goes to enter the kitchen, um, she looks up when she hears him come in, um, her eyes widen and she kind of rushes up to him and like is shaking her hands. Um, and then signs at him, uh, out, out of the kitchen now. (laughs) Um, and he rapidly signs back at her and he's like, uh, his eyes go wide and he's like, it's what's wrong. Is everything okay? Um, is something dangerous happening? And she's like, no, you just can't be in here. (laughs) And Tiba looks very confused for a moment and very slowly signs, okay. (laughs) Um, And presents um, from uh, a bag that he has with him um, a bouquet of small wildflowers that he would have got at the markets as well as um, like a nice uh, there would most likely be a nice like locally brewed perfume in there um, and just a few like trinkets that she might like um, so a couple of um like leathers that tie into uh, vial holders for um, the different vials and bottles that she keeps on her Um, and just a few decorative things, um, a nice uh, small simple bracelet and he presents them to her and she takes them all under consideration Sorry, someone is being very curious. Um, She takes them all under consideration and um, looks up at him. And um, sorry, if any of the visual viewers notice a change in my lighting, it is because my cat is deciding to um, stand directly in front of my light in the most distracting (laughs) manner possible. Get down, please. Thank you. Well, my cat is in front of my camera 90% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're a cat-friendly podcast. Um, Yeah, so Kara uh, looks over the things and um, she she looks up at Tibble unimpressed and signs, um, I still don't forgive you for the big dog. And he just, um, he wraps his arm around like her 
legs or around her waist because he'd probably be able to reach up there and um like just gives her a side hug and then as he pulls back he signs i know love (laughs) i know Um, and that's what Tibble does, and he's back at the ship um, for the rest of the afternoon. There is a moment where um, Neris will shoot a message to Tibble, uh, just informing him, um, essentially just that the Phoenix did arrive early, uh, they are requesting a meeting in the afternoon. If you are available, let me know, and I'll set up a meeting in two hours' time. Um, so Neris would get the response. Um, I, lad, I'll be available. Just let me know the place. Same That's place it. as previously arranged. Perfect. I'll meet you there. And that's it. So, um, yeah, eventually when that time comes around, Tibble would make his way over there. All right. Um, Alton, you are, yeah, taken through the, uh, the, the trade district um, by your friend. Uh, what was the name again? Leo Hunt. Um, and eventually ending up at a store known... Store with a sign out the front, uh, right at the edge of the, the gem fields, the wealthy district of the city, um, with a sign out the front saying, Treasures of Time. Excellent. Alan's kind of looking kind of stressed on it, running his hands through his hair, but he's clamping down on it. It's just like, hey, nice looking place. Damn, yeah, you really, you really meant it for yourself here, huh? That sounded more sarcastic than I meant to. Well, when you spend so much time as a having to work out the value of goods yourself. The antique business makes a lot of sense as well, and it's Mm -hmm. the best place for the transferable skills. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope hope you're uh, upping the price for all those uh, rich bastards. Oh, of course. Of course. Great thing about antiques, they uh, were made so long ago that the, uh, the overhead is massive, but no one cares. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good, good business to get into. Glad you're, glad you're doing well. Well, um, go ahead, uh, give, me, give, me, give me a good old tour. <laughs> Um, yeah. So he gives you a tour of the shop. Um, and yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things here. Um, most of them, 
uh, seemingly Iali in make. Um, no. Though there's the occasional uh, Navoran uh, or Iridian artifact. One or two uh, Karasi in nature. Um, Excellent. Did yeah. Alton find any little like metal gadgets or anything? Machinery uh, things? Not so much in the way of gadgetry. Um, yeah. That doesn't tend to be... Uh, uh, roll me an investigation check. Sure. Oh no. Pretty sure I just have a plus one. Yeah, that's a six. Okay. Um, there's like a rusted... Um, or part, partly rusted shelled um, like kind of like a wind up toy kind of mm. thing oh nice Alton um, kind of like picks it up and like has a little look at it trying to like um, uh, like visualise what the parts inside will be like if they're in good condition yeah tosses it from uh, hand to hand Nice. Uh, he has a look around the store to see if there's any other customers there. Uh, not at the moment. No. Excellent, excellent. Sorry to get you out of the store. It's good to get a bit of contact, though. Goodness. Always good to, to use what you can. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Speaking of which, I, uh, what you did for me, uh, helping me get away and, uh, getting me a good job, a well-paying job. Wild. Hate to be in your debt. I'll probably owe you some money from gambling in the past anyway. <laughs> yeah, take it. And he will uh, get, he will reach into his boot and start counting out coins and um, count out 100 gold coins. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, kid. Yes. More than I, mean, I ever expected to get back. I mean, that's a very good trait of yours, actually. I've always, I think, um, I think the reason we get along is because you've never once tried to stab me for being for any of my gambling debts. Really appreciate that in a person. You haven't even, as far as I know, you haven't even like put salt in my drinks or anything either. No, no, no salt. <laughs> oh, I hope you didn't put anything else in. <laughs> no, no. Nothing in the drinks, or the food, or anything. No need for revenge. Alton, like, eyes him suspiciously for a moment. And then just kind of shakes it off. So, while I'm here, I'll ask a few questions if you'll humor me. Of course. Far away. Well. Hmm. No, actually, there was a question I came here to ask you, but it's, it's not as much as important anyway, anymore. But um, 
Does the name The Sin Seekers ring a bell? Hmm. I swear I've heard it before, but I don't know what it means. Sin Seekers, you say? Yeah. Group that kidnapped someone on our crew? I, I... It does ring a bell. I can't say I know too much about it, but uh, hmm. I I think I think something about uh, yeah some rumor about um some devil worshippers or something some such thing going around with at the very least some sort of similar name. Oh, fucking great. Lovely. It's always something. That could just be... pure rumour. Especially with a name like the Sin Seekers. Unsurprising with my luck. Here I was, I thought the name was, I don't know, something risque. Sounds like it. Great. Might be some devil worshippers. Wonderful. Ah. Hardly be the worst you've dealt with. Uh, yeah. True that, true that. And let's hope. Well, Janus may rest in wherever he is. I would rather this whole thing, uh, he stays where he is, and this whole thing uh, stays away from us. Can keep on the crew as we are. Right. Yeah. And of course, can't be worse than those. Uh, I guess I'll. Mm. Can't be worse than those. Uh, Arras. Uh, worse because you dealt with in Yathchel. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, I don't know. Well, they're all the same ill, can't they? Or... There's not much, not much difference between a a devil and a usurper at the end of the day, is there? Mm, absolutely. Anyone who gets too into a... people up there, just different flavors the of same shit. effects. Yes, absolutely. Once them again, his mood has a very much sour, and he just kind of like um, thunks the little um, wind up uh, ga- gadget back into its place. Right. Sorry to have such a uh, negative meeting. Just thinking for his co- word in common for a moment. Uh, I'm here for another two days if you wanted to catch up for some drinks or something, a game or two. But I might leave you to the store now. Right. I'll see you out at least. Yes, actually. One more question. Yeah. You haven't heard anything about the clinic, have you? No, not a thing. Not a place. Ugh. That's expected. All right, then. 
Oh. I'll head out and try not to get recognized. Um, he heads to the door. Yeah. Uh, as you open the door, uh, can you just roll me a... I believe it is a dexterity saving throw? Okay. Ah, uh, that's a ten. Ten. So, you light up um, with uh, with various coloured light uh, surrounding you, um, almost creating a sort of aura of green and blue light. Um, I can whip, I can just whip around and be like, "Who did that? What's going on?" I'm sorry, kid. Nothing personal. Just needed the clean slate. You little shit. And we're gonna cut to uh, uh, Tibble meeting up eventually with uh, Neris Rue. Fishman, Cerise, and Loren. So you find yourself um, in probably, probably again, the proud gentleman. Um, it's it's a nice little um, little tavern um, that's well decorated, um, but uh, not. Overly elaborate in its way. Um, quite possibly why Neris uh, would have uh, nominated it. Um, so Tibble probably arrives. Um, 10, 15 minutes out from the arranged meeting time. Um, when he enters the uh, cafe, is there anyone else who has arrived that earlier or who would have? Or not really? Loren would have. And Neris would have. <laughs> The captain is not there yet. Um, so Tibble, I suppose, as he arrives, would that roughly be around the same time you two are arriving or would he uh, come to just the most uh, uncomfortable seated party um, that he could imagine? <laughs> I don't know about Neris, but Loren would already be sitting she already has a um, fantasy lemon, lime, and bitters, and she has her feet kicked up on the chair opposite her. Um, and she's just leaning back. Uh, her staff is um, hooked over the back of her chair. And she's doing that thing where she's not drinking. She's just holding her glass in an intimidating manner. And when Tibble walks in, she doesn't, like, 
look over, she tilts her head fully back over her shoulder and goes, Captain? And does a little wink and then just sits back up and waits. Uh, <clears throat> Neris would probably be walking back from the, um, from the bar, I guess, um, with a, an empty teacup and a pot of, uh, brewing green tea and he'll come back. Captain, welcome. Ah, wonderful. I was, uh, worried I was a bit too early. Um, I suppose we are still waiting on, uh, well, our special captain friend. <laughs> she's, she's a busy woman. Don't worry. Stop. She'll get here when she gets here. She'll be on time. She always is. She just has some uh, business to attend to. Or multiple businesses, one after the other. A couple at the same time, potentially. I, of course, I, I'm sure she's a mighty busy lass. You don't know the half of it? And Loren is not being smug in that moment. There is a thread of absolute weariness in that tone. And then she just kind of smiles again. He goes, do you want a seat, Neris? I'd love a seat if you would like to remove your feet from the furniture. Just without blinking, she moves her feet to the next seat and kicks the original one towards him. And then goes, Captain, and offers one at the head of the table. If I may, and I could be reading things entirely wrong here, but um, you two don't like each other much, do you? I don't know what you mean. Neris and I are the best of friends. I think we really bonded when I struck him with lightning. I, I will admit, uh, Loren did become one of my favorite people when I uh, charmed her into not talking or interacting in any possible way. I will give him that one. I'll cop it. Okay. I, I think I need to be a little more clear. I do not understand the interactions between the two of you. So, if you truly do find each other companionable, I may need some further understanding as to why you both enjoy what otherwise appears to be quite antagonistic. I'll take this one, Loren. So, <clears throat> Captain, 
I understand there are some interactions which you do not... Uh, you get an idea of, um, and then you sort of run with that one. This is not an idea to be running with. I should um, have actually had um, this one uh, before today. There are no air quotes associated with this relationship at all. It's not... So you're our friends, then? I don't know what that's, that's, is happening here. That's what you both said. I'm just trying to understand because kids don't act like friends. Let me clarify for you, Captain Clover. Please. Uh, Neris hates my guts. I find it very fun to poke him with the proverbial stick because I enjoy annoying people around me. Perfect. That's what I thought I read, but then everything you said was the complete opposite. So I'm just trying to establish here what the dynamic was, but that I can work with. Um, Loren, right. mm -hmm. try to play nice. And Neris, I know. <laughs> I get it. We'll be back on the ship soon. Captain. Anyway, shall we be seated? Without saying a word, Loren sits up straight and takes her feet off the chair and just looks so shitty. <laughs> just looks so pissy. Uh... Neris also, once the captain sits down, uh, will sit opposite Loren and also look mildly miffed. Um, so Tibble will um, sort of wave over one of the um, wait staff at the cafe and he's like, ah, can I get a... Um, what's good here? It depends on what you like. Personally, I don't drink alcohol, but they make a real mean mocktail. The green tea is uh, particularly good as Neris is pouring green tea into the uh, teacup with one hand and has taken a little flask out and is pouring that in with the other hand <laughs> and puts the flask back. We also have a, um, an array of fine spirits of direct from Vertex Fermentary. Right. Portside Cafe. Yes, apologies. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here. Um, I think it's changed ownership a couple of times within the time that I've uh, sailed between ports. Um, I meant more like um, food and uh, Non-alcoholic drinks, but I suppose I'll take a whiskey, uh, two fingers, and um, mm. yeah, and also a cup of tea, not of the green variety. Right up. Loren leans over to Neris. Does he mean two of his fingers of whiskey or two of theirs? Because if he means two of theirs, he's about to get fucked up. 
uh, <coughs> Neris nods and doesn't respond. But in his head, he finds it very weird that he was thinking of the exact same <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, also, just if I can trouble you, lass, uh, for a couple of additional cushions for this chair, just so I can be on uh, eye level with me companions. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Wonderful. Much obliged. Um. A high chair for the young'uns will do if you have one. All right. As this is happening, Loren is gonna like look around as if being like, where the fuck is my captain? Uh, and I would like to make a, a, a roll of some description to see if in looking for my captain, I spot the, the tall duo that have been presumably hiding in a corner. Yeah, I guess. Perception check. This one. <laughs> Perceptione. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay. No, uh, but that's no match for my stealth check of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Honestly, I, I rolled myself a disadvantage because Rue is Rue, and I rolled a 19 and a 20. <laughs> so for some reason, I guess Rue is just obscured by where Fishman is specifically where you're sitting, which I presume where we're just sitting, like, I don't know, where, where do you think, Jake? Like, just a couple of tables away? <laughs> just hiding. Rue's, like, got, like, a man holding a menu in front of their face. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Very sneakily. I guess you see us. Uh, are those your friends? Solalanti, are those your friends? And she points at them. Those. <clears throat> they are the uh, fellow crew members of the Polaris, yes. Are they meant to be hiding? Are you ambushing us? Was they very clearly not doing a very good job? <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So Fishman rolled a perception check to see if they were noticed. Uh, he rolled a natural twenty for a total of twenty-eight. <laughs> so um, we Fishman ducks. He, he ducks out. <laughs> oh, what did you do that for? Bruce says, bringing the menu down, looking around. It appears we've been had. <laughs> I don't believe we oh. can do so in stealth at the moment. Perhaps it's time we change our disguises. Oh, yes. Change disguise. What do you recommend we do? Oh, perhaps instead of mustache, perhaps simply just monocle. What a good idea. Rue, like, tears off little fake mustache that fish has been just at the end of the beak <laughs> uh. and puts it in the drink. <laughs> Tibble um, turns and looks over to... Um, where one crew member and one esteemed guest are ducking under the table and he sighs like, mm. Loren, would it trouble you dearly if we had two additional companions at this here meeting? Frankly, the fact that neither of you walked in with the big buff ones is the concern for me. 
In fact, I'm still wondering where the big blonde one is. You see, uh, we're on shore leave, so I tend not to pester me crew. No. And however Neris got here is Neris's business. Uh, he kind of turns and he pulls over his side. Woo, fishman! Come join us, please. Is there being polite about it? Oh, no. That's uh, all right. I think we did a good job, though. Perhaps do you think Ham gave us away? <laughs> Rue, like, looks down where, like, Ham has probably, like, lifted the table up closer to their, to their side. So it's just, like, there's just this giant, this table perched on top of Ham. <laughs> yes, quite possibly. Don't worry, you did a very good job too, Ham. Come along. <laughs> and we join the table, I guess. I think I have to quit the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, as Fishman sits down, a monocle like falls from his eye and just like goes on the table and like does that kind of like the and like slowly just comes to a stop on the table. And there was just like dead silence during it. Um, Beers you saw through our disguise. Well done. Pass the test. No fooling you. Yes, very good job. Uh, thank you. I didn't realize I had to pass a test in order to do you all a favor. This isn't about the favor. Life itself is a test, and this is just one of the many parts to it. You should always be prepared to be tested. You sound like my no father. Warning. Your father sounds like a smart man. Yeah. He's a father. <laughs> okay. I imagine it's probably not long after this point. It before. is probably around now mm-hmm. that Captain Thunderbolt strolls in. Uh, now, she's not wearing her usual very sort of theatrical-looking outfit. She's just got a simple bandana tied around her hair, a very light coat. Her shirt is quite open as she just sort of strolls in and plonks down. And anybody who looks close enough will notice she is covered in hickeys. (laughs) So here we all are. It's a pleasure to see you again, Captain. Is there uh, something I can refer to you as that is less uh, formal but also doesn't give away? I'm assuming that you're, well, I mean, given your profession. You can just call me Ceres. Ah. A pleasure. A nicely picked name. Well, Cerise, um, thank you and Loren for coming to meet us. Uh, It is much appreciated. So, what's this favour then? 
Well, I believe that Nerith may have informed Loren of a small detail of which, but we wish to gather information on the Sin Seekers. And why might I have that information? I have the feeling, given your profession and reputation, that even if this isn't information you currently possess, that you, in all of your uh, prowess and glory, if you will, are uh, particularly attuned to gathering this information in ways that perhaps one's flying under the banner of the Hydra or um, that are more restricted by rules and regulations will not be able to. I'm hoping to gather information about them as soon as possible. What do you know so far, then? Tibble, much like I am doing right now, <laughs> um, pulls out a little notebook and he says, I'm, unfortunately, there's not much that I can give you, um, but I do know that the particular person from this organization that uh, myself and my crew had quite unpleasant dealings with that I won't get into at this time was silent on the marked. I will uh, make it quite clear to you, Cerise, that um, Silenon is no friend of the Polaris. Interesting, then. Have you ever heard of the pirate ship Les Demons de la Mer? Has Tibble ever heard of this pirate ship? Uh, I believe he has. Tibble hasn't. Met oh, yeah. Ooh. Has Tibble? Have you filled Tibble in on that particular detail? I don't know, I don't know what Neris would have mentioned to Tibble. Um, he would have probably mentioned a few things, maybe not that particular ship. Um, Neris at this point is going to uh, perk up. We are familiar with that vessel. What do you know of it? Used to be captained by uh, Ondine Delafosse up until a year ago when part of the crew mutinied and killed everyone except for a couple of people that agreed with their goal. And then they started calling themselves the Sin Seekers. 
If I may, do you know what that goal might have been? Not anything solid. There's a lot of rumours. Something dark, definitely. Possibly demonic. Maybe abyssal, even. But, uh... Some sort of worship of usurper gods? No one just knows yet, but... Whoever their leader is is said to have the power of a demon. Do you know where they sail, generally? I haven't come across them, not since before. And they were this the ship was taken by the sin seekers. I've encountered Delafoss a number of times. But uh can't say the same for the rest of them. They've taken something quite dear to me. They've taken him back, haven't they? Tibble, um, he's quiet for a moment. And then he nods. I don't think I... Wanted to believe it at the time. But yes. Thought I recognised him. He's a lot toothier than he was the last time. He's a different man than he was the last time you encountered him. Well, that does make things interesting, doesn't it? Speaking of interesting, in that moment, you all hear from outside the sound of a gunshot as and glass shattering and a commotion starting in the streets. Alton, um... On your end, you've just been shot at from from a distance. Uh, roll me a perception check. Yes. That is uh, 19. 19. So you can see a uh, the figure of another drow um, on top of uh, one of the buildings opposite. Um, in fact, directly opposite, um, or as directly opposite as can be while still being hidden, um, the treasures of time. Um, so a, a another deep elf figure. This one, uh, uh, uh he is down, uh, 
laying low on the rooftop um, with a uh, what appears to be a more rifle style gun um, almost akin like uh, yeah that looks to be designed for uh, your best guess distance assassination um, and that's where we're going to leave it for this week Dun, dun, dun. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I told you. I told you to be resolved by the end of the episode, or at least that we get. Or at least, at least we get back to it by the end of the episode. Darby, you and I need to have a conversation about resolution. <laughs> See you next week, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next Bye. week. <laughs> I don't know how we're meant to um, just. No, no, actually. Just go like, what ah, it- <laughs> for a moment, then cut back in. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> That's tasty as hell. <laughs> how could you do this? Jeez. <laughs> All right. I guess we, we cut into uh, your meeting at the cafe. Yeah. It will be resolved this episode. I'm so curious. <laughs> it's quarter to twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and our scenes don't run as short as you think they or do. At least. <laughs>